0: He has that next step for you. Let's open up the word today and see what God will say specifically to you.
1: Christmas Day may be past, but the Christmas season continues. A lot of us are still enjoying the spirit of Christmas time. We're coming to you from the church next door. This is Your Next Step with Pastor Doug, Pastor Doyle. Pastor Doyle, we're continuing into the Christmas story today.
0: Yeah, we are. Uh, I want to look at the the Magi, and and I've learned some things about them that is really interesting to me, and I was wondering, what do
1: you know about the Magi? They come from the east. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe not three. I'm not exactly sure.
0: Yeah, I think there's. I think that the the three is the definite part of them, and they have a connection to astrology. Mm-hmm. But I was reading, and and I've got to. I'm going to do deeper dive on it. Okay. But um, there's there's this uh, tradition that says they actually when they traveled, they traveled with soldiers. Okay. And they had like their own miniature army, and for defense. Was, yeah. Well but I also I also read that there was an encounter between another group of men that were magi like this from the east with Herod the Great like 20 years before Jesus' birth. Huh. And it didn't go well for Herod. Right. For like Herod as it, like yes as in there was a fight involved and blood was shed. And so when we look at the magi we just think of it but but they would have traveled with great wealth and then they would have strolled soldiers we kind of we kind of make it too simple and easy and so today we're going to talk about just the cure the the courage the humility and and everything about the magi and how we
1: need to approach Christ that way absolutely so this is another precious part of the christmas season of the christmas story we're so thankful to get to share it with you today get ready this is christmas time restoration
0: You know, we're talking about Christmas time here at the church next door. We've talked about Christmas time as a time for rest. That was week one. And then last week we talked about Christmas time is a time uh, for relationship, all right? If you missed either one of that, no big deal. Go to the church website. You can watch it. You can be a part of it. There's some great lessons there. But today we're going to talk about restoration, okay? Christmas time is a time for restoration. Now, let me, let, me just, let me set this up for you just a little bit. Let me ask a couple of questions. Number one, all right? Number one, would you like the fun gift or the practical gift? Which, which one would you rather have? You don't have to shout it out. It's okay. There you go. My wife said fun. I heard that. All right. And, and, and I just recognize that voice always among the crowd. And then, and, then, and then think about it this way. Would you rather have something that's brand new or would you rather have something that's restored? Now, I realize that puts you in a quandary and it takes you into a whole new category. All right. Because there are some things that, that are new that they didn't have in the past. But then some of us, as we get older, we say, well, you know, they don't make them like they used to. It, it's so then we start in the whole debate, you know, if, if you have a Chevelle, an SS It's much better than what what you can get today. If you've got an old Camaro, trust me, it's better. Right. So we get into that debate that the quality of what it was. And then let me ask you this. If you want something that's restored, who's the best person to restore it? Well, the original designer, right? If you could have the people that originally made it step in and say, no, this is the way it was really intended to be. You know what I'm saying? One day I was, uh, Jennifer and I went to breakfast and we came out and I was getting in my car and the guy walked up to me. Uh, he said, hey, do you mind if I ask you a question? I said, no. He said, your car, you like it? I said, yeah, I love this car. It's, it's a great car. He said, yeah, I helped, I helped design that car. He said, I was part of the team that on, at Honda. And he said, I was so upset when they stopped making that car, all right? They don't make it anymore. So you can't have mine. All right, just saying, all right. And he, he, and he said, uh, yeah, I like this and this and this. And I thought, I thought about that. I thought, wow. It, see, if you could have anybody help you restore a car, or if you, if, <laughs> Jennifer and I have remodeled several houses, all right. If, if you could have the person that originally built it, help you in it, totally different, isn't it? You see what I'm saying? Because they understand the craftsmanship. The message of Christmas is this, your original designer, your creator showed up personally to lay hands on his creation and get it right. Totally changes the concept of restoration, doesn't it? See, every time you you flip on one of these home channels, all right, what do they do? They try to create something in that home that's part of the original, Right? T- they want they want you to have f- good flushing toilets and all the normal things in them, right? Even if it's a if it's a restore from a hundred years ago. But they keep something that's sentimental. See, there's something in us that, that that likes that. And the truth of the matter, the reason that we like Christmas, the the reason that Hallmark, freeform. TNT, you name it, all are throwing Christmas movies out there is they wanna give you the hope that there is something better even though we've had a broken experience in life, right? We want things to be better than they have been. And the only way to get to that is to get to the wisdom and the power of the original vision for your life. And the fact that you are here right now Whether you're watching online or you're in this room, this means that you've taken seriously this desire in your heart to get things back to the way they really need to be and intended to be. See, you are here intentionally. It didn't just happen. You don't just roll into church. No way. The alarm clock goes off and you make a decision. Am I still going? your feet hit the floor and it's kind of cold. Maybe not. You had one of 21 times to bail out. We're close and Krispy Kreme is right there. That would be so much fun right now. And if you're watching online and Krispy Kreme, buy one for everybody. All right. See, See, the point in all of this is that When we show up to worship God, it's because we believe he has a power and understanding about our lives and every one of us knows that we're broken and we want help. And at Christmas time, we're saying, God, could you restore? David, he said it best, Psalm 51, restore to me the joy of my salvation after his mistake. See, we want restoration. We want hope and we want hype life that's what christmas time is about that's what we want to unpack today we want to look at that and what's interesting is this is that we have we have the we have the nugget of that in the story of the magi they brought these gifts and they brought this hope and it, it reminds us of this the gift of forgiveness the gift of love. I want to unpack that with you. I want to look at that with you because it's really, really, really powerful. That's what we need, all right? We need the creator of the universe to heal the brokenness in us. Let us know that we are forgiven and that we can move past all the things that have harmed us and the forgiveness that we need to extend to people. And that's why this is so important. So let's take a moment. Let's look at the Magi. All right. Now we know the story of the Magi and we think about these wise guys, the wise uh, men, uh, these wise individuals. Well, historically, we call them astrologers or spiritual advisors or priests. I want you to know, I think that all are appropriate statements. Okay. You can call them kings. You can call them priests. You can call them Uh, spiritual advisors, because that's all wrapped into who they were, okay? The word that you and I have, magi, is actually a word from the ancient East that was given to individuals who had special, supernatural insight into the world in which they live. They had supernatural knowledge. They were interpreters of dreams. They were were, uh, watchers of the heavens. These guys were known for it. Going back to the ancient historian uh, Herodotus, he talked about these guys as observers of the heavens and the ancient documents. Listen to the Passion Translation, all right, as it talks about the Magi. It, it, It calls them priests. Chapter 2 of Matthew, Jesus was born in Bethlehem near Jerusalem during the reign of King Herod. After Jesus' birth, a group of spiritual priests from the east came to Jerusalem and inquired of the people, where is the child who is born king of the Jewish people? We observed his star rising in the sky, and we've come to bow before him in worship. King Herod was shaken to the core when he heard this. And not only he, but all of Jerusalem was disturbed when they heard this news. So these individuals, whether you call them priests, whether you call them kings, or you call them princes, the magi, all right, they say, we've been been watching the stars and and we noticed this particular, well, how do they know about that? How do they know about that star? Well, they've been They've been keeping logs. They've been keeping intent. That means they've been taking time and energy to understand what's going on in the natural, physical realm. They've also been taking time to understand what's going on in a spiritual way according to the writings that they've seen. We're going to look in a moment at Daniel. Daniel was listed as a magi when he was a young man. This is not a new category of individual, an individual that understands supernaturally the spiritual realm and the physical realm, how they come together. This is why church is so important. Be clear on this church is a gathering of individuals that want to understand the supernatural as well as the natural and live in the natural from a supernatural platform because the creator who designed them for that has designed them to live in this world according to his principles. See, that's what's unique about us. When you look at these these people that have come to Jerusalem, I mean, That didn't just happen. It took intention. The same way it took intention for you to get up to come to church today. The same way it took intention for you to take the time to pick out an outfit and say, Jennifer, does this tie really work with this? See what I'm saying? You and I, you you think about the little details. Why? Because it matters to you. It shows care that you have of yourself and those around you, that you're engaging the world around you every time you do this because people are important. You're important. This is all part of it. So when we look at these individuals, they were, they, were they were not ashamed, were they? They rolled right into Jerusalem. They went to the most powerful person they could find and said, hey, hey you guys are Jewish. You ought to know something about this. The fact that, that Herod is upset, the fact that, that he's thrown off by this, what does that tell us? That tells us that it was a very real threat to his power, wasn't it? It tells us that, that he took them not lightly, but he took them seriously. You say, like no big deal. He, he, he was a pansy, he was a lightweight. No, he was no lightweight. Look at the record of Herod the Great. He built multiple cities out of stone. He poured concrete under the Mediterranean Sea. It's not until modern days that we've figured out how they poured concrete underwater before the year one. I challenge you, go do it. Go to Home Depot, buy some concrete, some quick creek. Yeah. See what I'm saying? They, they built a whole harbor where there was none. They built cities where there were none. He built a mountain. He built a mountain just so he can have a place to escape to in case there was a threat. He built on top of Masada for a secondary escape route. He built coliseums. Notice I used plural. There are very few men in our day of that kind of wealth that have ever built one colosseum see you and i this this man he was no lightweight and so the fact that he was concerned that this was a threat to his power a threat to his proceed his, his his influence it means something it's significant these these i don't believe it was just three When was the last time you saw a prince or someone of of major spiritual influence show up with one person? Angus Buckingham came here. I love Angus. But he didn't show up alone. There are five to ten guys that travel with him from all over the world just to be here in this room. So do you imagine that these three magi showed up and it was just the three of them? Did they just... They hopped in their hoopty and head out. I mean, come on. And can I ask you that? There's a camel out there. Don't get on him and try to take a ride. The owner has not given you permission. But just imagine what a multiple-week ride felt like. Yeah, I told Jennifer it was awful cold. Do we really have to go to church today? She said, you're the pastor. You have to go. I said, they got the video from last night. You know, a lot of other pastors are doing that. I'm Henri. Forgive me. Why do you and I show up? Because it matters. We're going to give God our best, aren't we? I'm not going to go at this God thing half-hearted. I'm not going to go at this God thing like it doesn't matter. These guys were serious. They were willing to be identified. The fact that you're willing to be identified as a Christ follower is significant. Every time you own the fact that you are are married to someone, every time you own the fact that you have a friendship with somebody, every time you own a relationship, you are saying something about who you are and who they are. It's not a checkbox on a video screen, it's something more than that. You're valuable. I'm valuable. And when we read this story, we're looking at the top of the top, the wisest of the wise. And they said, you know what? This is an important enough event that I'm going to rearrange my schedule. I'm going to rearrange my life. I'm going to rearrange my wealth that I might give God first place in my life. See, Christmas time is a time to restore your relationship with God. Christmas time is a, is a time to let God restore you. It's a time of restoration. So what made this audience so unique? I think they were courageous. They were unashamed. They were vigilant. And they drew attention to themselves. And they drew attention to Jesus. Notice this. What they were trying to do was to to point towards the king that God had promised in the prophets, the Messiah. That's what they mean when they say the king here. They're pointing towards the messianic promise of 750 years, 2,000 years prior to this. See, when when Abraham walked the earth, Abraham was a wise man like these. But he believed that one day the Messiah would come. These guys realize that the Messiah has arrived, but he has not yet paid the ultimate price the cross. But they knew that's what this is about. You and I, we worship this Christmas knowing that this baby born in a manger died on a cross to take our sins, that we might be restored to God, that we might have a relationship with him. How much more should we worship in such a season? They worship not knowing yet what would happen. We worship knowing what has been done for us. It's a powerful season. It's a powerful time. We can't take this lightly. They were courageous. We need to be courageous. They were humble. They sought a higher power. They didn't rely on their princely, priestly, or kingly authority that they had in this earth. I've watched a lot of people in my generation rely on their human strength. They they believe that they pulled themselves up by their bootstraps. Yes, they may have had the grit to trust God and move forward. See, I think you do have to have grit to live in this world. This sin-filled world is going to push against you. It's going to threaten you. It's going to frighten you. But you have to choose, no, I will not give up. I will not give in. I will not give out. I will trust God. I will follow him. I will serve him. And when people ask me, I worship Jesus. That's what these guys were doing. They were unashamed, but they were humble. How How do you know they were humble? It says that they bowed down before him. They didn't think that they were all that. They thought he was all that and worthy of their worship. They they, they came in with an attitude that we want to meet a king that's higher than us, a a power higher than them that had the authority to restore them, to give them life. And finally, they were attentive. They were attentive to God's word. They were attentive to God's people. They were attentive to people in general. They were attentive to the stars. They were attentive to society. They were looking at what was going on around them. And they spoke into that. They acted into that, worked into that. You see, you and I, we live in a neighborhood. And, and God has put you in that neighborhood. He's put you in a community. He's put you in a place, why? To be attentive, to be, to be a wise person. A person of wisdom helping others and directing others and lighting the way. That's why last week we've, we've made a list, right? Of people that we want God to pay the debts for. It's why we've got the, the chest here, the Joash box, the treasure chest looking thing because it's what we treasure. We treasure people most. And we want you to write those names down again today and place them here before God. Say, God, I'm praying. This person needs your forgiveness. This person needs your love. Oh God, it's okay if you put pastor's name down. I need prayer. I'll take it. See, we're praying that more people might know the kingdom of God, might experience his love, might experience him. They were attentive. Can I, can I ask you, has someone ever given you a gift and you're humbled by it? Yeah. Can I, so, so recently, um, a lady in the church, she's a widow. Her husband passed away this past year. And, and, and she's taking care of a son that has special needs. And she baked some things and she brought them to Jennifer and I. She brought some to the other staff and she said, I just want you to know I love you and I appreciate you guys. And I, 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 I was so humbled by that.
1: Pastor Doyle, we are so thankful we have so many people listening to your next step. Yeah. Love to uh, talk with them a little bit more.
0: Well, I would. You know, I, every uh, every week I get emails from people, but I find there's other people though, I don't know how to contact you. So if you'll just email me at pastor at tcnd.org, that's type out the word pastor and then the at sign tcnd, which is the church next door.org. And I will actually respond to the email, because I love to hear your questions about the Bible and the Church Next Door. And uh, I can tell you this, in the new year, we're going to have some more resources for you. So you want to be on our email list. We want to encourage you. We want to help you grow closer to God. That's really our dream, to help you be a fully committed follower of
1: Jesus. Texting can help uh, here as well. They That's can right. text us at 888-644-4034. Again, 888 888- Six, four, four, four zero, three, four. We will ask for your name once we get your first text, but that'll yeah. put you in touch with us. and you know, we can share some information. Oh, well, that's my
0: preferred method of communication is texting because um, I just I can deal with it
1: really quickly and everything. So. I I encourage you to text us. Or check the website TCND, TCND, thechurchnextdoor.org is going to bring you to our website. That's right.
0: Or you can always go to thechurchnextdoor.org.
1: So hope to hear from you as we move into the new year. We would love to keep this relationship going. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to your next step on all major
0: podcasting platforms. When we gather together like this every day, I think it's really important that we we think about how are we inviting God into this situation. So every day, I want to take a little bit of a moment to pray, to ask God to move in our world. So right now, let's just bow our heads together and let's pray. You know, the Bible says so many times, be strong and courageous. So today we're going to pray for that. We're going to pray for courage and obedience to God. Lord, today we want to be like Joshua. You looked at Joshua as he stood on the, the land next to the Jordan River and you said, Joshua, I need you to lead and I need you to be strong and courageous. I need you to be obedient, Joshua. I need you to lead these people into the land. So today we declare that we want to be leaders. We want to be strong and courageous, Lord. We want to be able to lead our families and lead our businesses and, and lead our lives in a way that other people will know the promises of God, that they will know that you are faithful, that you are just, that you are a holy God, that you are a kind God. Lord, we're praying that you will give us the courage to speak the truth. Lord, that you will give us the obedience to your word. Lord, may we not shrink back from doing good, but may we have the energy to do more than we ever imagined or asked. Lord, begin to ask us to do things for you the way you have the disciples. You ask Peter to feed the sheep. Lord, help us to be like Peter. Help us to have courage to admit that we have doubted you in the past, that we have denied you in the past. Lord, give us courage to admit our weaknesses to those that are around us. Help us to be like Paul who said, In my weakness, you are strong. Help us to be like Lydia who who gave her home to you, Lord. She had the courage to turn her business of, of making purple cloth into a place of prayer. Lord, she gave her home. She gave her life to you. What courage it took. Lord, we've been holding back. Forgive us. Today, we choose to be obedient. You are worthy. You are our Lord, and it is in your name we pray, Jesus. Wow, that was so good. Didn't you enjoy that prayer? Would you like more help learning to pray? Then go to yournextstepnow.com. That's right, yournextstepnow.com. Give us your email, and we'll give you our free prayer guide. It's an ebook. You can download it. You'll have it right there. And you can join us daily as we learn to pray. We ask God for great things. You know, it will change your life to pray daily. And we need your help. We need your support, your prayer support. So give us your email today at yournextstepnow.com.
1: Your next step is the ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued. But to financially support the ministry, visit thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. That's thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. Of course, we'll be glad to send you a gift of thanks in return. For more resources to guide and grow your faith, you can visit doylejackson.com. That's D-O-Y-L-E jackson.com. If you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888 888 644-4034. That's 888-644-4034. Thanks for joining us. And we hope to see you next time for Your Next Step.